You're now listening to the Deep Edge Podcast with your host, technology expert Ray Moda, giving you the rundown on telecom, cloud, and all things business and tech. This is the Deep Edge Podcast. Let's go! Hello, this is Ray Moda from ACG, and welcome and thanks for joining everyone. I'm excited about this particular podcast and video because we have a prestigious group joining us. One of the things that we see in the market is there's a lot of talk about 5G, a lot of discussions about Edge and MEC and some of these private 5G services. But one of the things that we feel is an opportunity is this whole area related to wholesale. And I think we need to revisit that as a service provider and discuss that. And and I'm really excited about the panel we have joining us today because from Talia, we have Matthias Friestrom, who's the chief evangelist. And for those that don't know Matthias, Matthias is is truly a thought leadership in the industry and globally known in the industry. So Matthias, uh, thanks for joining us. We're honored that you're here with us. Yeah, thank you very much, Ray, for having me. Yeah, of course. And then also joining us uh, from ACG research side is our CTO, Dr. Peter Federoff, who's actually world-renowned in building business cases. He's already been building a lot of business cases related to MEC, Open RAN, uh, a variety of areas, private 5G. But one of the areas that he's done a lot of focus recently is related to understanding the opportunities in TAMs associated with Front Hall TAM. Peter, thanks for joining us there. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ray. Great to be here. Of course, yeah. And last but not least, uh, is principal analyst from ACG as well is uh, Rick Talbert, who's in charge of intelligent networking, and he's going to just touch on some of the topics associated with XHAL. So, so maybe Matthias, maybe we can start with you because you're you're the service provider in this particular group. There, I would love the audience to hear about your thoughts and where you see the market going associated with this space. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think, you know, for us in the in the wholesale industry, I think 2020 was a really good year and we hope 2021 will become a good year as well. Uh, I think when I look into most operators on their wholesale side, I think each one of them had a slight revenue growth uh, in here. Uh, and I think basically everything from the wholesale side comes from the fact that we had a pandemic out there and the fact that people started to use the public internet much more, you know, the guys like us to live on traffic growth on public internet had a fantastic year in 2020. Uh, we, in, in Telia we saw a 56% traffic growth in our backbone network, which we have never seen um, the last 10 years in, in terms of growth in that network. And obviously a company that lives on traffic growth, this is, this is really good. Uh, we can see a tremendous surge in traffic in March, and we saw another one in October, you know, this, the first and the second wave of COVID-19. Uh, and, and, you know, people really started to work from home uh, and that had a huge impact on the networks that a wholesaler or a carrier were running. Uh, I could see that video conferencing gear, for instance, went 400% up in, in almost a, a couple of weeks in March and it stayed at that level and it even increased during the autumn. So that type of traffic went went really skyrocketing. Uh, same thing with the, with the traffic to the cloud, you know it became apparent that a lot of companies out there are starting to use the cloud much more. And for us in wholesale who are connecting to these clouds and helping both operators and others to connect to the cloud, that was also a really, really good thing for us. You know, that growth was was more than 100% in terms of traffic there. So I think, you know, from, from a wholesale point of view, the IP market, the internet market was really, really good. 
What was not good last year was the voice market uh, because the roaming uh, that we usually live on, the international roaming that, that most operators and carriers are living on, that totally disappeared. We lost 90 to 95% of our revenue in the roaming market because people simply didn't travel anymore. Uh, so that just took away uh, loads of revenues from us. Another part in the voice world was also the fact that people started to work from home and thereby using, you know, Zoom and Teams and Cisco WebEx and these type of things. Instead of being on the run, using your mobile phone to call your colleagues or whoever, people started to instead to sit at home and, and use these, you know, internet transport things. So I think that the, the whole complete voice world was really badly hit last year in terms of wholesale revenues. When it comes to transport services, I think that stayed really healthy. Uh, a lot of companies are, are still in needs of, of transport services between data centers and transport services between offices and so on. I think the whole thing, what, what we could see last year was quite a number of enterprises starting to buy wholesale products for their connections between their data centers and between their offices. You know, I think the banking world, the financial world, started to buy wavelength services between their data centers, something they've never done before. Uh, a number of them took the step over to sort of buy more of a raw bandwidth product from us instead of buying a managed service from a service provider, a local service provider. And I think that was a big trend shift that the carrier wholesale industry can, can really benefit from and, and continue to serve that market. And I think, you know, some insurance companies, there are some probably other parts of the enterprise industry that can actually help the wholesale world in, in buying their services. So that's good. Uh, I think the biggest problem we had on the transport side was the drop in pricing still, you know. Uh, in Europe, we have the flat ring that we talk about, the Frankfurt, London, Amsterdam, Paris ring. Prices in that ring dropped even further, uh, way beyond what we've seen before. Same thing, we know, wavelength traffic on the east coast of US, you know, between Ashburn and New York, between Ashburn and Atlanta, those routes are highly occupied by many operators and, and therefore prices are falling, you know. Uh, we've, we've really seen 100 gig waves coming in here big time, but the prices of them are, are just falling through the, through the floor uh, on that part of it. There's a huge demand for more wavelength services across US, uh, coast to coast. But I think there's a big lack of fiber there. Uh, for us in the wholesale world, we, we, we want more fibers. We need to diversify ourselves. That's very important for us to keep the network going uh, and provide diversity to our customers. And here we can really see there is a lack of fiber. Uh, for those that have fibers, yeah, either they sell it really expensive or they don't sell it at all. Uh, that might be just that they won't, don't want to sell it to us, but, but we hear a lot on the market that it's hard to get hold of fibers across the U.S., the continent, you know. You can still get fibers on the East Coast, you can get fibers on the West Coast, but getting across U.S., that's very difficult. And that's, of course, making the wholesale market a bit tougher because you need these long transport links uh, on that side. On the transatlantic part, transpacific part, we've, we've really seen, I would say, 2020 was the year when the old cables became too expensive. Uh, TAT 14 was taken down at the end of the year in December. And I think, you know, that system was still up and running, still quite healthy in, in terms of performance. But you can't really keep up with the cost per megabit compared to the new system that's been installed the last couple of years you know the systems that can run 25 30 terabits per fiber pair and if you compare that to a tat 14 system that is far from that you know it wasn't really economically 
possibly to continue to run the cable. So I think we saw a big trend shift there as well. If you look at the technology side for the wholesale, you know, everything in wholesale is all about, you know, getting the lowest cost per megabit. We need to keep the cost down to survive in that part. You know, if, if you want to sell the next wave to Amazon or Google or Facebook or whoever, you really need to have the low cost point there. And there I can see that some, some extremely interesting signs now, not only on the DVDM side with the 800 gig waves that's coming from, from the likes of CNN and Infineera and that stuff, that's really important. But I think the most important thing on that market is the 400 gig ZR uh, and the ZR Plus. That, that finally we can have this IP over DVDM dream that we've talked about for so many years. And, and that's going to dramatically lower the production cost for the internet. And, and as the internet is becoming more and increasingly popular for everyone, both enterprise and wholesalers and operators to use, that's a fantastic opportunity for us in the wholesale world to lower our cost. You know, uh, it's going to start in the metro during 2021. But I, I, you saw, I think Windstream had a press release out where they said they can run thousand kilometers with ZR Plus. That kind of demonstrates that you can build these type of networks regionally, and, and that's going to dramatically lower the cost for us in the wholesale business, production cost for, for, for internet. And, and obviously, internet is becoming increasingly important everywhere. Uh, more, more and more enterprises are using public internet instead of buying expensive private lines. They, they, they use that in, in SD-WAN solutions and others. And, and that's a golden opportunity for wholesalers to, to build cheaper networks and so on. So that's very, very, very important. Uh, I think that in, in the security world, in the wholesale world, uh, I think that the fact that DDoS protection, um, I think the last 20 years we've talked about DDoS protection, but people, mo most enterprise feel, you know, that's something they, they can handle with the firewall somewhere and then just protect themselves. But I think when, when everyone is starting to use public internet really everywhere, then suddenly DDoS protection in carrier networks became important. And, and more and more customers ask us about, oh, what type of DDoS protection can you do? How much can you scrub in terms of packets per minute and that stuff? And I think that's a, a new role for the carrier to protect the internet from DDoS attacks will help not only the operator business and, and the ISP business, it's gonna help the enterprise business as well. Uh, and the fact that uh, another uh, another thing, you know, the RPKI, the sort of resource public key infrastructure, where you suddenly can help companies making sure that the traffic they're sending towards the internet is the traffic they're allowed to send towards the internet. That's going to help internet tremendously with, you know, avoiding these hijacking of traffic or, or traffic taking very different routes uh, certain times of, of day, you know, we we know that Amazon and a couple of other companies were hit badly last year, where suddenly someone is just announcing that they they host the Amazon service when they don't, and for two hours the the internet believes that they do that, and they send all the traffic there to find out that there's nothing there. Uh, those type of things will be much less in the future with this new technology, and I think that's uh, that's another thing that's that's really important and happening in the wholesale world that's going to benefit even the enterprise world and, and everything around that. When it comes to what, what we need to focus more on in the wholesale world, I think uh, automation is, is extremely important for us. Uh, there was a time when you could, in the wholesale world, be very manual. Uh, whenever, you know, Facebook wanted 15 waves between A and B, you could manually deliver that. That wasn't a problem. Uh, they were fine with that. They can live with a delivery time of a week or two. 
Uh, but I think right now, customers are more and more demanding full transparency into everything you do. They, they want to see the performance of everything you do. They want to know exactly when they receive things. Uh, and they, they really push you hard for, for knowing exactly in detail where the traffic is flowing at all times, you know. Uh, and especially, you know, when, when we had the, the hiccups that we had in, in Texas, I think that made it, uh, when we had really cold weather in Texas a couple of weeks ago, that, that really hit the networks. And people started to find out that even they thought they bought some traffic because between Chicago and San Jose, they found out that that traffic was actually passing through Texas. Uh, and that's kind of triggered more and more for us to be extremely transparent in where the traffic is actually flowing. Uh, before you could say, you know, yeah, you should be happy if it comes through. Uh, now we need to prove that it actually is flying where it is. So I would say a couple of weeks ago, we launched a product where, where we allow our customers to actually see the performance of each wave and they can follow the, the latency of that wave at all times. Uh, and the good thing with that is, of course, that we can easily see when there's a problem that we, we know exactly. And we can even, before the customers are calling us saying it's a problem, we can tell them there is a problem because we have that. So I would say automation and transparency is going to be extremely important in the wholesale world. And I think we are, we're not there by far, but we are getting there. And, and that's, of course, because at the end of the day, you know, for a, for a wholesaler, customer experience is really what you live on. In one way, you can argue that we're buying the same equipment from the same suppliers. We're having the same fibers, all of us. Uh, and really, the only thing at the end of the day you can compete with is your customer experience. You know, If you can smile a bit more when the customer is calling and you can deliver a bit quicker than everyone else or repair a bit faster, that's what we live on in the wholesale world. And I think most operators have realized that now. So there is a, a big drive towards more customer Friendliness. I think the telecom industry have never been customer friendly before, but I think we're on our way to get there. I think the introduction of some new companies, the likes of Megaport and, and a few others, pushed us all to be much more transparent and be much more easy to work with. That's been good. That's been healthy for our industry, uh, but it's really pushing us. And you know, many operators in our world are a combination of a number of companies they bought over time. So, you know, making five inventory systems transparent to someone, that's difficult. Uh, we have organically grown to where we are, but we still believe it's difficult. <laughs> and, and then we've made our systems ourselves. But it's tough. It, it's just tough there. Uh, and I think that's, that's, that's going to be the biggest challenge for the wholesalers right now, you know, living up to the experiences the customer wants. And, and try to make whatever you do transparent to your customers. So I think that was a an overview of the wholesale world as we see it right now, and we live in in the middle of it right now. Then adding 5G and an edge on top of this, it, that's going to be the icing on the cake, really. And then for us, we just hope it's going to be tremendous more amounts of traffic. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're going to find out during 2021. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was very impressive. You know, it's, there were so many things you touched on, right? That I think very powerful to consider. I mean, you touched on the the 400% increase, but I think one that really stood out was this whole concept that is related to the DDoS uh, opportunity, not enough discussion there. Now, maybe before I kick it over to Peter, you know, I, I want to maybe give you the platform, right? You've talked about some other areas, you know, how does Telia Carrier add value to, to this growing demand? I think that, I think that, 
the fact that we should be very easy to work with. I think that's the value we add. And I think that's what we've seen through our customers over the years, that they believe it's easy to work with us. It should be easy to work with us. And we're 100% transparent with what we do. You know, If we have a fault, we're, yeah, we tell customers what's happened. And, and we're trying to be very transparent to everyone, you know, uh, and, and also tell them, you know, there is the likelihood of an outage here is very big or, or we recommend you to do this and this. I think that's really the value we bring here, you know. Uh, I, it's hard to say that your network is better than someone else's because it's the same boxes at the end of the day. But the way you run the boxes and the way you operate, and the, the way you handle faults and issues, and, and that I think that's what we're famous for and that's what we will continue to be famous for. Great. Excellent. Thank you for that. Uh, Peter, I'd like to kick it over to you. Oh, thanks a lot, Ray. So uh, well, uh, over the last uh, uh, year or really two years, uh, I've been doing a lot of work in the area of open RAN and, and cloud RAN. And associated with that is, is X-Hole or front hole and mid-hole. So I just want to talk about that a little bit. We've, we've done actually, as, as you mentioned earlier, um, some analysis on, on the market for wholesale front hall, front hall services in, in North America. And we have some numbers for that that I'll, I'll get into. But I just want to, want to give some, some of the highlights. So first of all, a lot of network operators really all over the world are looking at moving to Open RAN. So what is Open RAN? It's basically a virtualized RAN architecture where they take the BBU, which is the essentially thing that does all the digital processing, moving it from a hardware ASIC-based platform to a standard server. Um, now that, that server could go either at the cell site, like where it is now, or it can also be placed in what we call a pool or a, a DU or CUDU pool. Now, if we put it into a pool, what it means is we need to basically be able to get those signals from the radio site to that uh, to that pool. Uh, it's it's all digital and packetized, but it has has very very stringent uh, power. Uh, it has very very stringent requirements in terms of uh, synchronization, timing, latency, and all that sort of stuff. So so I guess the question is, why do people want to do this? Well, really, it comes down to a couple things. One is basically just reducing the total cost of ownership or reducing the TCO by essentially pooling these uh, by pooling these resources. We can get much much better utilization when they're than when they're just stranded out at the cell tower. The other thing is when we go to an open RAN architecture, then uh, we can go to a more of a white box approach for radios and for other components for software, which basically can reduce all of those costs. So those are the reasons people are looking at. Now, wh how, what does it mean to, uh, you know, to essentially wholesale services? So, so basically, I want to get back to this requirement of front hall. Front hall is basically connecting a radio with what we call the DU or the distributed unit. Now, front hall is very different than back hall because really you need at least 100 gig of bandwidth and sometimes more than 100 gig of bandwidth. Whereas with backhaul, typically today we have one gig and with 5G we'll be going maybe to 10 gig. So it's, it's you know, 100, 10 to 100 times uh, the requirement of bandwidth. But then also in addition to bandwidth, you have latency requirements because of the fact that it's really a radio signal. So you can't really be more than about 10 kilometers away from where this 
pool is. Um, and then there's not just latency, but there's also jitter and timing uh, and stuff like that. So, so the bottom line is that uh, this is a big opportunity because it's new. So, so the, it, 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 it doesn't really exist today in any major way. Um, and if carriers move to this cloud ran, open ran architecture, there's going to be a need for front hall if there, as well as mid hall. And if there is a need for that, then that's an opportunity for the wholesale carriers. Um, so let me just stop there, Ray. Do you have any questions on any of that? Yeah, just uh, no, because I think it's interesting when you talked about new opportunity. I mean, what's the ramp up time or cagers that you see on this, uh, Peter? Yeah, so so in terms of looking at uh, the market, again, we looked at North America. So um, what we did is we did um, a couple different scenarios. So we looked at a, a low penetration, uh, sort of medium penetration and high penetration. And, and over the total market size, we found uh, at low end was a little over $4 billion. Um, in, in the middle was about $5.5 billion. And then up at the high levels of penetration was uh, $6.6 billion. And we were looking at 128% uh, uh, CAGR um, of growth. So, and, and basically the thing to keep in mind is this is a completely new opportunity. It really doesn't exist today. That's number one. So that's why you're going to see a lot of growth potentially. Um, that's number one. Number two uh, is that we're talking like 100 gig and above. So, I mean, it's a lot of bandwidth. Um, therefore, it means that there's, there's, there's a lot of revenue uh, associated with it. Now, of course, on, on the other side, the guys who are buying the wholesale services, it's quite expensive. So that's a mitigating factor, you know, that they have to consider there. But we've done a lot of the TCO analysis and been working with the service providers. And even with that additional cost of the front hall, we still see uh, a lot of savings there. Um, in terms of the analysis we did, um, we looked at basically, uh, we looked at really two categories. We looked at macro cells, um, you know, where basically we, we have, you know, with 5G as well as 4G, uh, multiple radios that, that need to be, then have a front hall service. And, and, uh, and that's one example. The other one is the small cell architecture because we're gonna see a lot of densification as we move to 5G, a lot of need for small cells. We're also going to see millimeter wave, which has very high bandwidth requirements. So we also looked at those small cells and the front hall requirements. And those numbers I just gave you, Ray, were basically for North America, uh, and they were a combination of small cells uh, and macro cells. And, and also, we, we also looked at, you know, the need for wholesale, because um, uh, some of those service providers will not need wholesale because they own the fiber. They're just going to do it themselves. Others will basically use, use the wholesale service. So any, anyway, that, that's kind of just in a nutshell what we've done there. Yeah, no, thank you. Cause I think you answered the question I was going to ask about additional fiber. So thanks, Peter. Um, I appreciate it. Now, last but not least, uh, Rick, uh, if you want to address your points there. Yeah. We're familiar with the fact that uh, with COVID, the uh, the home office became extremely important. So we saw that this would be a driving force for 5G. Well, this last week, I experienced an interesting uh, aspect of that. And that is with the great freeze that came, we lost power over wide swaths of, of the state. Uh, what this means is that all of our uh, 
uh, you know, wireline connections, uh, broadband connections were down. And so everyone is using uh, their, their 4G or 5G, 5G if they have it, uh, to do any of their business. Well, guess what? The network was not designed to carry everyone calling on that. Therefore, the, uh, the performance was really terrible on it. That is, uh, very little data was getting through on these connections. So, you know, what does this teach us? Well, this teaches us that it, it is good to have uh, multiple providers in the area. So wholesale starts to have a, a new strategic meaning. Uh, so where does, where does wholesale fit in? Uh, wholesale is probably going out at least to, let's say, the central office. These would be the locations where, and edge central offices, locations where the uh, common units are, okay, or the centralized units, the CUs. And uh, so that's providing backhaul in all of those locations. But on the other hand, uh, I don't think a lot of the uh, uh, wholesale providers for a uh, for some amount of time, we'll be able to extend fiber out from those locations to all of the cell towers, particularly as we get to the to the small cell towers. That brings up uh, something that we hear about in the RAN, but we don't hear about very much in transport, and that is open networks. So we can talk about open RAN a lot, but that's the processing. How do we do open networks? And that's a challenge that's coming up. Uh, the uh, the TIP group is working on that, uh, uh, but uh, you know how how do we have the control of that? Okay, why is that important? That's important because not only of the connections themselves, but because of automation, which y'all brought up. Uh, we we can't have those types of connections taking months to make, uh, so. We need the automation there and related to automation, I think once again, brings us back to the, the stuff that uh, Matthias was talking about in terms of uh, your customer service and the way that you've done it. Uh, you know, I've, I've talked to uh, Telia Carrier before and really noted the, the importance they had on having their orchestration that they were in control of so that they could see if there were any changes in the network and that they could follow that. Well, that has to somehow cross open network boundaries. So uh, that's, that's the challenge that we're looking at right now. Uh, thanks, Rick. And actually, uh, what I want to do, since we're getting close to the top of, of the hour there, I want to give Matthias, since you're our special guest, a standing yeah. ovation from the audience. So I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you so much. I know it's late your time. And Peter and Rick, uh, Thanks for joining um, this edition of the podcast. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Deep Edge Podcast. Make sure to follow Ray Moda on Twitter and LinkedIn at Rmoda. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Want even more? Head over to acgcc.com to access exclusive bonus content. Till next time.